Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. I'm in Zephyr A, and Amanda's in Zephyr B. This is season 25 for me and season 21 for Amanda. And this is day 22 of season 93. 22? That's not right. 24. What the what? It should have been 22 because we missed the last few days because I was what out is? of the... In my uh, inbox, good lord. Okay. <laughs> because I was out of town. <laughs> uh, apologies for not mentioning it earlier and just sort of disappearing off of your podcast feeds. <laughs> you handled that very smoothly and I didn't... I, I just looked at the wrong email in my inbox, so... <laughs> Uh, I gotta locate the right one. Well, There's day 24. Hooray. In the meantime, <laughs> question one asks us for the other half of the TNT Motown tour. Right. One was The Temptations, um, and we are asked to name the other who performed It's the Same Old Song, Reach Out, I'll Be There, and I Can't Help Myself. Well, friends, we live here in the Detroit metro area, yep. and we have been on the Motown Records tour. Yep. Um, but even more, uh, importantly, as far as my getting this one, well, two things, one is that I have a copy of, I think the four tops greatest hits or something like that. I don't know if that's the actual title of it, but that's what it effectively is. And so, um, these songs in particular are somewhere in my, you know, MP3 rotation. Um, and, and yeah, I have them on some different playlists and things. Um, farther back than that, like I, it took me a while to sort of convince myself that it was this band and there wasn't some other band that started with T that had T as like the first, uh, word in their name because the four tops obviously are the, you know, have a T, but it's not the, the, um, the first word. Um, and so I kind of even could think back to, um, you know, this, this tour happened in 1983 or so, and I have this kind of like just a snippet of memory of hearing someone, uh, hearing a TV ad, like in that announcer voice, the, the, the same kind of voice that does like coming at you this Sunday, 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 you know, like <laughs> that, that kind of deep voiced, um, sort of piercing TV ad talking about the temptations and the four tops and just like they're, you know, on this tour together. Um, so I think I, you know, maybe I've constructed this memory for myself to justify putting this down. Um, but I, I sort of feel like I've probably heard this tour advertised when I was growing up in Western Michigan. Um, you know, it probably came to a venue or something over on that side of the state. Um, and so just kind of this agglomeration of memories between the songs themselves and, you know, living in the area and so on, um, I went ahead and put down with a little bit of trepidation because I still, you know, I don't have all of these names totally nailed down sometimes, but I did put down the four tops. So I just remembered uh, during our Motown Museum tour, uh, the... Uh, the, the the guide making a joke about uh, what do you call a singer who can't dance and you call him a four top <laughs> um, referring to their much more limited stage mm. uh, choreography choreography than yeah. a lot of the other groups including the temptations ah, okay um, so I just I, that joke stuck in my mind and I 
just remember that the temptations and the four tops were the two parts of that joke and i you know tried thinking of those songs and i just you know, could remember four guys singing those mm -hmm. and and the you know that sort of also very very limited movement that they were doing as they sang <laughs> uh, so this just i kind of tried to talk myself out of it briefly but figured now nah, it's got to be the four tops and that was the correct answer question two asks us to name the swiss-born mathematician who is responsible for uh, a lot of the common mathematical notations still in use including pi e i the sigma sign for some and f of x so my first thought was uh euler or euler e-u-l-e-r uh, but then I thought, no, he was much more recent because he's written a lot of mathematical papers. So, so um, he's like the guy that uh, he he's got like a Bacon number, like a Kevin Bacon number. There's also an Euler number that mathematicians have. Oh, really? Like how close you are to? Well, no, that's the problem. Oh, oh no, oh dear. <laughs> so, so then I thought, okay, so it wasn't Euler. There was another guy. Was it Gödel? That sounds that sounds Swiss. I believe he was a mathematician as well. I remember the, the, the book of a few years back, Gödel Escher Bach, talking about a mathematician, an artist, and a musician, and how mm. those uh, those disciplines interact. Sure. Um, so I thought, yeah, Gödel. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll say Gödel. Okay. Yeah, so this one, um, you know, if you ask me to name mathematicians, um, there's you know, sort of precious few that I can list off the tip of my tongue and, or off the top of my head, I suppose. Um, and one of them is Leibniz, you know, being that he was the uh, simultaneous inventor of the calculus along with Newton. And I thought, okay, well, he, you know, but he, he definitely was in like Austria or I think, or Germany, one of those two, I'm pretty sure he wasn't Swiss-born. Um, and he also would have been earlier because calculus was invented the prior century to the 18th. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, well, uh, let's let's go through the other names that I can think of that are mathematicians who are sort of vaguely Germanic or Swiss or something sounding. And I was like, well, there's Euler. And let your voice drop. Like, <laughs> I'm sure there are many, many more. And if I felt like I had to sort of crack the code of this one further, um, you know, I, I, I could just kind of struck upon that one and thought, yeah, I think he was kind of the right time frame. Um, but very vague sense of like, it just kind of popped into my head and I thought it doesn't seem like a bad answer and i don't think i have a super much better answer that's stuck in the back of my head um so with just kind of a vague sense of putting down something that wouldn't make me sound too dumb i put down euler yeah i was thinking of paul erdos oh the, the erdos number mm. there there are a few uh polymaths who have a bacon erdos number <laughs> Such as Danica McKellar and the like, okay. who has <laughs> who has written a mathematical paper and can trace her co-authors oh, wow. back to Paul Erdos and has been in movies and can trace her co-stars <laughs> to Kevin Bacon. Nice. Uh, so yeah, 
Yeah, talked myself out of that one. And that one took me, even after I submitted and saw the correct answer, I just could, I was like, oh, okay, so who am I thinking of? Who am I thinking of? And I actually probably spent more brain cycles trying to figure out <laughs> who I had been thinking of yeah. without just looking it up like a normal person would right. do. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, finally realized, oh, no, it was Erdos. That's who uh, I was thinking. Okay. So oh, that was that. Yeah, that's I, the the sad thing about this is now, like, I've used up my I am pay of mathematics, <laughs> you know, kind of this. I, I won't have another... Uh, ready, right-to-hand guess now that Euler is used up. <laughs> Question three asks us for the company that makes colorful, high-end enameled cast-iron cookware in France. Yeah, this is Le Creuset. Um, it's one of those things where if you have perused the Williams-Sonoma catalog or perhaps the Hater's Guide uh, there too, um, then you might have run across um, Le Creuset as a brand. Or, I mean, obviously, if you are a foodie or a fancy home cook or a chef or something like that, like that, you know, people really seem to love their Le Creuset for their durability. And, um, you know, if you like cooking with cast iron and, you know, you can put them in the oven or the on top of the stove, etc. Um, at least I think so. Don't quote me on that. Don't, like, put your stuff in the oven that I... Um, just on, on my word alone. Um, but yeah, a lot of this was sort of filler text for like enameled cast iron cookware, you know, that fancy high end kind of sense of it and a French name. Um, all of that pretty much points directly to Le Creuset. I just remember, uh, that they, they made like a uh, a line of Star Wars Dutch ovens a few years ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that kind of briefly uh, bubbled them up into the geek consciousness. <laughs> um, sure. And I remember having a discussion with friends about how, you know, w- was this going to, uh, was this really a product that anybody needed, these Star Wars-themed <laughs> Lecrozettes? And, and I said, of no. course not, but, you know, there's going to be some non-zero number of Star Wars fans who look at this and think, yeah, I could I could use a Dutch oven. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'll buy one. What the heck? Oh, yeah. And will it ever get used? Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But it'll sell some, so sure. good enough. So that, that's what I, that's all I could think of was like, okay, yeah, these this is probably those, uh, the, the people who made those things. And it took me a few seconds to kind of settle on it. Okay, it's something French. The Star Wars Dutch ovens by La Crusette. Does that sound... Le Creuset. That, that sounds vaguely correct. Sure. We'll go with Le Creuset, or however the hell you pronounce it. I assume the T is silent because French. Sure. Um, I, I I don't really hear it pronounced, you know, for any reason. I just <laughs> I read it. But that is, in fact, the correct answer. Well done. Mm-hmm. Food and drink kind of question. There. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I get some, some uh, credit for that one. Should do. Uh, question four asks us about uh, what profession were uh, carcinogens as workplace hazards kind of first recognized in? I was just reading this one thinking, oh, I bet Amanda's going to know that because this is her <laughs> this is her thing. Like, How many Englishmen cancer prevalent? Oh, Dick Van Dyke. This is Chimney Sweeps. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. This is from Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a secret film question. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to say well, it's not, not a secret. secret but, I'm going to um, say that 90% of the people who get this question are going to get it from Dick mm-hmm. Van Dyke. 
Oh, for sure. This is a very, if like... Not, if not more of that. Like, two-thirds of this question is teaching you about, uh, yeah. you know, uh, an old-school epidemiological study. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I... And, in fact, that's why I knew it, too, is, you know, as someone who's had a career in public health, um, specifically working in the kind of public health involving carcinogens, mm-hmm. um, I... I may have read about this in passing, but I never would have recalled it based on, um, you know, the first part of the the clue alone. Um, I mean, like, maybe I could have kind of worked my way into it, but, you know, the the Dick Van Dyke portion of it definitely um, nerfed it out plenty sufficiently for me because that's, you know, Mary Poppins, obviously, uh, Mm. Dick Van Dyke was a chimney sweep. And so, yeah, that's what I put down to. And that was correct. Question five asks us for the current name of the ancient Egyptian cross with a loop on top of it shape. Right. So that's an Ankh. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I was goth enough and, (laughs) you know, Sandman reading enough Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. this was a pretty easy one as well. Um, Very, you know, just something I know that I've picked up along the way. You know, people who have been into Egyptology or, um, you know, I don't know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that's that's just what this is. You can probably picture it, you know, hanging off of one of your local um, black-clad teens. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I put down an Ankh, A-N-K-H. Uh, and, yeah, same here. I just... You know, I'm reading this. In ancient Egypt, a cross... Oh, this is going to be an With a loop. Yep. Upper vertical arc. Yeah. Don't say it by what name. Okay. So I was just thinking, like, am I am I underthinking this? Is there some other name for it? And Ankh was like the... the you know, have, have we recently discovered that no, Ankh meant something else entirely? And there's some other... And I finally just shut my brain down and said, look, if it's not Ankh, then... A lot of other people are going to get this wrong and be really, really mad about it. So, because, yeah. yeah, this is an Ankh. Yeah, so that was the correct answer. And finally, question six gives us the first half of a famous line of a poem and asks uh, for us to fill in the, the four words that complete it that are the title of a Pulitzer winning novel and a film, film adaptation thereof. I, I will, uh, I will argue with the. Uh, with the idea that this is a famous line, but... Well, the okay. most famous, right, mm. I suppose, right. Yeah. Uh, so I had to figure, all right, what's a what's a Pulitzer-winning novel from the 1930s, four-word title that was made into a film? And I think my first thought might have been The Sun Also Rises. Oh, that's a good thought. Um, and then I thought, eh, that doesn't work real well. It's got to be something else. I've gone with the wind. Did Gone with the Wind win a Pulitzer? Maybe it was Gone with the Wind from the 30s? Because the film was. Did they make a film that quickly? Maybe. Um, I feel like it... I didn't, I didn't think that Gone with the Wind was an allusion to anything. I didn't think it came from anything else. Uh, but, okay, well, let's keep thinking. And I, I started thinking, like, okay, it's got to have something to do with memory, right? I have forgot much, Sonara. Mm-hmm. Something like... I'm like... The, the, the mind keeps the score. No, that's too many words. It's something about, you know, mind and memory and you know, or, or the body remembers or something like, and just, 
tried thinking of other Hemingway titles. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. And just couldn't grab onto anything. Kept coming back to Gone with the Wind. Just thinking, no, nah, that can't be right. But then I thought, okay, name a famous novel that's only had one film adaptation. Mm. And I thought, okay, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe it might be Gone with the Wind. I wasn't real confident of it, but I just, I just thought that if it's not that, it's something that I either am completely not remembering correctly. Like, it's it's going to end up being like The Great Gatsby 2 or something, some <laughs> nonsense like that that I just, that, that I just never would have imagined. Uh, so I just sort of begrudgingly put Gone with the Wind into those four blanks and, and moved on. Yeah, with this one, I I toyed with a couple answers that didn't seem right, in, including the one my brain wanted to do of the Great Gatsby. <laughs> like, no, that's not that's not even four words. Um, and I, you know, it took me a minute to to think of, uh, you know, famous novels with a film adaptation from the 1930s specifically like the great gatsby is before the 1930s right and so um and and so are several others that i would think of i had to kill a mockingbird in mind for a while Mm. i was like no i think that one's a little later than the 30s um and so i kind of kept coming back to you know once it kind of popped to mind i kept coming back to gone with the wind uh and i thought that kind of fits in with the poem line I've forgotten much, Sonara, gone with the wind. Like, mm-hmm. if you've forgotten something, you know, where are those memories? They're gone with the wind. They're just, you know, kind of metaphorically just blown away um, and, and not to be found, let's say. So then I thought, you know, the novel was from the 30s, as I recalled, and the film adaptation was 1939, I think. Yes. Um, and so... I thought, yeah, that that fits the time frame. That fits kind of the metaphor. I certainly don't know the poem. I can't translate its Latin name. I don't know if that would help help if I could, uh, you know. But I thought, you know, it's going to be, you know, Thorsten wants you to get it. It's going to be something that's really famous and well-known if we're getting a clue that's this kind of obscured Mm -hmm. to the people of 2022. Yeah. Um, And so... You know, kind of with all that in mind, I thought, yeah, I'll go with Gone with the Wind. And that was correct. Woohoo. Which means you beard it. Oh my gosh. Good job. Yes. Always nice to beard it on a Friday. Yeah. And you're at five. I was at five, yeah. Pretty but good. I'm going up against Wolborski, so I'm hoped. Uh oh. Yeah. The only, the only way I can ever uh, I can ever beat him is bearing it and not missing one in a category that I am bad at. It's uh, math, which is real low for me. Yeah. Even if you consider it more of a history than a math, it's still so heavily math that I'm <laughs> I'm gonna get mathed out of it. Uh, I can only hope that the food and drink thing is gonna gonna hurt worse, and I'll end up with seven on the day. But that'd be good. Yeah, I could see that that happening. I'm, I'm betting on six five. Um, yeah, I you know, obviously delighted with uh, with bearing it. I. I did not expect to when I submitted it. I didn't think Euler was probably right. I thought it's just there's a mathematician I kind of know. Um, and, and luckily that worked out. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the rest of this was fairly in my strengths 
Um, probably Gone with the Wind was the best pull of the day, other than the kind of lucky oiler there. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's it's good because I am in second place mm -hmm. in Zephyr B. Uh, and first through fifth place are separated by like two points total. Mm. So really good timing um, to have a good performance against, uh, I think, the person who's like seventh or so in the rundle. Mm. So that's that's like a tricksy kind of position because yeah, that person could really zap you mm -hmm. um, and could, you know, definitely knock someone out of, of the green zone, um, which I keep talking about like it's a desirable thing to be in <laughs> um, instead of just preparation for... For the, you know, the, the the regression to the mean of getting stomped upon when I get there. <laughs> um, but still in all, of course, you want to uh, achieve as well as you can. And it's it's fun to have a season with, you know, where I've had some really nice performances, including a lot of categories I've been overperforming in that I don't usually do well. Math is one of them. I think I'm up with this question. I think I'm at like six out of eight. Right. which is way better than my usual math score. Right. Um, and I'm, if this doesn't put me over a hundred total correct answers, I think it's very close. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I haven't looked it up, but uh, um, it's, you know, really nice to have a, a more uh, top level performance for a season because I feel like it's been a little while. Mm -hmm. That I really fired on all cylinders. Yeah. Well, best of luck to you. Thank you. Uh, and that's it for today, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, tune in on Tuesday for more post-game analysis, for really post-season analysis at yeah, that point. Probably do that. Because uh, this is our penultimate match mm -hmm. day. Um, and remember... Don't forfeit. Don't cheat.